From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. Hey, mountain climbers, summit this. I'm Mount Bilimanjaro, <laughs> Bill Curtis. And here is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Segal. Thank you so much, Bill. Thank you, everybody. Thank you all so much. We have got a fabulous show for you today. We are back refreshed and ready after a restful week that we just spent Googling, can you live without inhaling? <laughs> Later on, we're going to be talking to actor Will Arnett, famous for being the voice of BoJack Horseman and Lego Batman, as well as a star of Arrested Development. But first, we want to hear your voiceover. Give us a call at one wait wait That's one 888 9248924. Let's welcome our first listener contestant. Hi, you are on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, this is Randolph Mickeljohn from Brookline, Massachusetts. Hey, how are things in Brookline? I know it well, Randolph. They're, they're pretty good. We're, uh, we're uh, having early voting here statewide. Are you really? Yep. And uh, have you early voted? I have not. You have not. <laughs> like, to, like to see my neighbors at the polls. That's nice. Well, welcome to the show, Randolph. Let me introduce you to our panel this week. First up, she's a style reporter for the Washington Post. It's Roxanne Roberts. Hello. Next, he's a writer for Big Mouth and stars in Sunnyside on Hulu right now. Let's welcome back Joel Kim Booster. Finally, it's the host of the daily podcast TBTL and the public radio variety show Livewire, which will be at the Alberta Rose Theater in Portland, Oregon on March 5th. That's Luke Burbank. Hey, Randolph. You know, Joel's name also has an ooh in it. Share the love, audience. <laughs> they want to make sure that you know you're special. Okay, Luke. feels good. Thank you. All right, Randolph, you're going to play Who's Bill this time. Bill Curtis is going to read you three quotations from this week's news. If okay. you can correctly identify or explain just two of them, you'll win our prize. Any voice from our show, you might choose in your voicemail. Are you ready to play? Yep. All right. Your first quote is from President Trump, and he said it while he was pointing at Mike Pence on Wednesday evening. Wish him good luck. The president was generously giving Vice President Pence the job of managing what? The coronavirus. Yes, the coronavirus. <laughs> or as they call it, COVID-19, COVID, right. to use its AOL screen name. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that it went through 18 tries. Yes, exactly. COVID, it was We've like got it. <laughs> the viral infection, of course, is spread out of China, infecting thousands with the disease and millions more with stupidity. There are people in America refusing to go to Chinese restaurants because the disease started in China. Guys, calm down. P.F. Chang is not a real person, <laughs> and you won't get the virus there. I, well, uh, I, not uh, that virus. <laughs> as, a, as an Asian person with yes. a cold right now, I have to say I've never felt more powerful in an airport. Um, <laughs> So, really? Making, just sneezing while making eye contact with white women, getting the, the whole road to myself. That's fabulous. Whole planes evacuated. Now, you might be wondering how uh, Mike Pence got this uh, important responsibility. Well, he, the president gave it to him after telling people in the White House that the vice president, quote, didn't have anything to do, unquote. That's true. Trump is such a bad parent. <laughs> Daddy, I'm bored. Fine, here, run this massively complex program for which you have no expertise. This is how Barron ended up being in charge of the Coast Guard. <laughs> 
Now, as you know, uh, as you probably know, I should say, the president held this press conference because he's really concerned about the stock market. So he had this press conference, which he wanted to uh, project calm and control. The federal government is on top of it. And the stock market responded by dropping the largest single day drop in points in history on Thursday. Three more press conferences like that and we will be back to bartering with shells. Everybody in my generation was like, saw that and was like, oh no, our retirement funds? <laughs> Actually, I, I think at this point, dying of coronavirus is a workable yeah. retirement plan. <laughs> All right, here, Randolph, is your next quote. Okay. Oh, so this is what Thanksgiving at white people's houses is like. That was CNN legal analyst Elliot Williams talking about what argumentative shout fest on Tuesday evening. The Democratic debate. Yes, indeed, the Democratic debate, Randolph. Very good. Each Democratic debate seems to be getting more and more combative and shouty. If they continue like this, the final one next month will be held in the octagon. <laughs> Amy Klobuchar will seize the nomination after she finally chokes out Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> <laughs> but the best thing you can say about this particular disastrous debate was that for once, it wasn't primarily the candidate's fault. Instead, people blame the moderators, an all-star group of CBS News reporters, and for some reason, Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> the moderators lost control early on. They refused to rein in the candidates or keep in any order. They were like substitute teachers who didn't even have the foresight to bring a movie. <laughs> There was some genuine dislike on that stage. There I, really was. I, I had the feeling like for the first time, it was kind of like the, the only thing that was sort of missing is somebody just bitch slapping somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been great to see Elizabeth Warren try to give a strong backhand to Mike Bloomberg and misjudging, and her hand just goes right above his head. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. I don't think that Amy Klobuchar would make an incredible president, but I do think she should be made secretary of spanking Pete Buttigieg. Really? Uh, <laughs> no matter who wins, I think that's a new cabinet position that Amy is uniquely qualified it really, for. It, it, it really is like real housewives of the Democratic Party. You're it, expecting a full-on full hair pull. No, although, although I think that, uh, that Amy's antipathy for Pete is now... Uh, exceeded by uh, Elizabeth Warren's hatred of Mike Bloomberg. Right. She hates Mike Bloomberg. Uh, what did, like, those Mike Bloomberg ads are so, like, they're trying to make Mike Bloomberg seem relatable. Right. So they're like, oh, what's happened to people? Oh, financial insecurity. At 39, Mike Bloomberg was fired, and then he started his own business. I was like, what did they fire him for? Like He, he got, I will tell you exactly. Stealing office supplies? No, what did he do? no. He got squeezed out in a Wall Street merger and he walked away with $10 million. That's the firing? That's the firing? <laughs> that is very relatable. That, I, that is the firing. I yeah. will say I do relate to Mike Bloomberg because I did spend an outrageous amount of money to go to theater school where I was humiliated on stage. Um, <laughs> so you can't deny. <laughs> All right, Randolph, here is your last quote. Give us your grumpiest old men. Give us your goldenest girls. That was the head of reality TV at ABC announcing a new version of what show, but this time just for seniors. Boy, I'm going to need a hint for this one. Well, if you get this question right, Randolph, I will give you a rose. Is it The Bachelor? It is yes. The Bachelor, yes. Good for you. 
The Bachelor, of course, is the very popular show in which handsome men and women are bred with each other to create a super race of beautiful, shallow people. They will have a new edition for people 65 and older. This is, this is not a new concept. Just picture Tuesday's Democratic debate, but with more kissing. <laughs> That's what that debate was missing, honestly, this week. Kissing? Zero makeout sessions, zero oh. roses. Ew, who would you want to see make That's out on the that problem. Okay, okay so, so this is now, okay, so here's my question about this show. Since sex is such a huge part of the real Bachelor, all right, are, uh, if you sort of take away all the fake boobs and the, and the fantasy suites, what do you got for well, it's just Well, who says you're taking away exactly. any of that? Yeah. That's so ageist of you. God. <laughs> Did, wasn't there like that outbreak of chlamydia in a yes. nursing home a couple years <laughs> yeah, ago? No. Like, that's no, where no, they the, got the inspiration Roxanne, for this version. The, yeah. older, the older contestants will have a fantasy suite. It'll just be two Barco loungers, <laughs> an HDTV, and a phone on which their grandchildren call every day. <laughs> I like how they haven't had a non-white bachelor or bachelorette yet, but they're like, what else can we do? Ah, I know. Um, 65 old and up. That people. seems easier. Didn't they already do this show and it was called Cocoon? <laughs> <laughs> Bill, how did Randolph do in our quiz? Randolph came to play. He got them all right. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Take care, Randolph. Right now, panel, it is time for you to answer some questions about this week's news. Joel, we learned something amazing about Hollywood this week, oh, that no. there is a new way to tell who the villain is in any movie. What is it? Uh, they have the least amount of lines. No, that's not true. I know. I don't I know. know. <laughs> well, can I get a better clue? <laughs> <laughs> You'll never hear them say... Siri, help me bury the body. Oh, the, wait, so the villain of every, you can tell the villain of every Hollywood movie yes. because they use, or they don't use uh, the, a virtual assistant. Uh, Not specifically a virtual assistant. An iPhone. An iPhone, exactly right. Yeah. That's it. Villains never have iPhones. Oh. Director Ryan Johnson let slip uh, what is apparently a deeply held secret among filmmakers that Apple refuses to let their devices be used by bad guys in movies and TV. They don't want to associate the iPhone with evil. I mean, think of the innocent children that made them. <laughs> so, you're in a movie, you are not allowed, if you're making a movie, you are not allowed to show an iPhone being used for something cruel or mean, just nice things like ignoring your family. What do the villains have? Blackberries? <laughs> exactly. and, no, androids. Oh. Yeah, the villains all have androids. Apparently. Yeah, well, they, that, they deserve it. Of course, there usually has to be an in-story reason why the villain won't use an iPhone. This explains why Thanos was always complaining about Apple Maps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got into a contract. It's like, it's a thing. I can't get out of it. I got to do two more years with this Google phone. <laughs> I'm just going to destroy half of humanity. <laughs> And I'm still in the contract. It's the That's worst. what's so messed up. He can snap all he wants. Yeah. He ain't getting out of that contract.
Coming up, our panelists sell out in our Bluff the Listener game. Call one wait wait to play We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Support for this NPR podcast and the following message comes from Pinna. Pinna is the only audio streaming service for kids 3 to 12 with original podcasts, music, audiobooks, and more, all ad-free and screen-free. Engage your kids during car time, bedtime, or after school with entertaining and educational audio content from comedy to sci-fi and mystery to adventure, plus everything in between. Pinna is free to try for 30 days. Visit pinna.fm slash npr to start your free trial today. Let's play some games, everybody. Are you looking for the answer to life's funnier questions? There's naked, and then there's Canadian naked. (laughs) Every week, we blend comedy, trivia, and a special celebrity interview. All right, all right, all right. Ask Me Another from NPR. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Roxanne Roberts, Luke Burbank, and Joel Kim Booster. And here again is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. Right now... It's time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff the Listener game. Call one wait wait to play our game on the air. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, this is Andrew from Rock Hill, South Carolina. So, Oh, South Carolina. So you, I imagine, have been inundated with candidates, right? We have. It's interesting. They're uh, popping up left and right. There's actually, uh, I think, one, uh, just several this week in the past, like, five hours. Have you run into any of them at your, your diners or wherever you simple folk like to hang out? I have not run into them in any coffee shops yet, but... Yes. It's not over. It's not over yet. Well, welcome to the show, Andrew. You're going to play the game in which you must try to tell truth from fiction. Bill, what's Andrew's topic? You're such a sellout. No one likes a sellout, but integrity won't buy you that beach house, will it? (laughs) This week, we heard about someone who really traded their principles in for cold, hard cash. Our panelists are going to tell you about it. Pick the real one. You'll win our prize, the weight waiter of your choice on your voicemail. Ready to play? I am. First, let's hear from Joel Kim Booster. There's an old saying in show business, you either die a hero or you live long enough to become a spokesperson for a major corporate entity. The next in a long line of big-name sellouts might shock some fans, as Sinead O'Connor, the singer many will remember for ripping apart a picture of Pope John Paul II in her now infamous 1992 Saturday Night Live performance, can be seen in an ad for Staples Office Supplies. (laughs) In the ad, the Irish-born singer holds up a picture of the Pope, but no longer has the finger strength to tear it. Instead, she feeds it into a handhold paper shredder while singing a version of her hit, Nothing Compares to You. But the you isn't you, it's the handheld paper shredder. The response has been decidedly mixed, with some older viewers unable to let go of their vision of O'Connor as a sacrilegious fire starter, while many more are too young to even understand why the video has gone viral in the first place. Who's that lady, one YouTuber commented. Is the joke that her hair got caught in the shredder? The controversy, or mystery, hasn't seemed to bother the office supplier retailer. When pressed for comment, Michael Hurwitz, senior VP of marketing and merchandising for the company, stated simply, we're a fan of Miss O'Connor's music and we're thrilled that there has been so much interest around handheld document shredders. The Pope, however, just said, again? (laughs) Sinead O'Connor appears in a commercial for Staples using a paper shredder to tear up a picture of the Pope. Your next story of someone cashing in comes from Roxanne Roberts. 
If you walked into Bloomingdale's lingerie department in the last few days, you might have seen a sexy push-up bra called the Gloria, named for feminist icon Gloria Steinem, a woman better known for burning bras than selling them. But yes, the 85-year-old legend has teamed up with AARP and Maidenform to launch her first brassiere, specifically designed for, quote, red-hot grandmamas. I used to say that a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle, she told the New York Times. At my advanced age, I've come to realize that a sexy fish sometimes wants a sexy bicycle. <laughs> Steinem, who famously went undercover as a Playboy bunny in 1963, explained she's never been against bras per se, just the boring ones that look like straitjackets. The Gloria comes in three colors, nude, red, and black, and two styles, a sports bra and a push-up, which, says Steinem, lifts my breasts back to where I can see them. <laughs> All proceeds for the bra, which sells for $50, go to free mammograms for elderly women. Gloria Steinem <laughs> endorsing a push-up bra. Your last story of soul-selling comes from Luke Burbank. Bone, 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 bone. Bone, 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 bone. <laughs> now tell me what you're going to do when judgment comes for you. If you've got two ears and a heart, you know that's the opening line from the song Crossroads by 90s hip-hop sensation Bone Thugs in Harmony. But it turns out the band recently faced a different version of that question. Tell me what you're going to do when Buffalo Wild Wings comes for you. The answer was announced this week. They're officially changing their name from Bone Thugs in Harmony to Boneless Thugs in Harmony as part of a marketing stunt for Buffalo Wild Wings or just B-dubs if you're my friend Camaro Kev. And that's not all. The individual band members are changing their names to Crazy Bone will become Crazy Boneless, Flesh and Bone will become Flesh and Boneless, and Wishbone will become Brian. <laughs> just kidding. He'll be wishboneless. The only holdout is member Lazybone, who is quoted as saying, quote, I ain't changing <laughs> Changing our name to Boneless is preposterous, end quote. Despite the holdout, Boneless Thugs and Harmony merch will be going on sale soon at the restaurant chain, including t-shirts, hats, and gold chains with a boneless chicken on them. No word yet on if the partnership will seep into the music of Boneless Thugs, but if they put out a song called, Why Did I Order These Wings So Hot? God, I'm sweating. Can I please have some more blue cheese or something to dip them in? It's probably a marketing thing. <laughs> All right. Somebody, somebody, Andrew, sold out. Was it from Joel Kim Booster, Sinead O'Connor? who now tears up her picture of the Pope with a handy hand-held paper shredder from Staples. From Roxanne Roberts, was it Gloria Steinem, who's now endorsed her own branded push-up bra? Or from Luke Burbank, the hip-hop group Bone Thugs and Harmony is now Boneless Thugs and Harmony to promote Buffalo Wild Wings. Which of these is the real story of a sellout in the news? Well, having just come from a uh, chicken restaurant, it wasn't Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm going to go with C, the Buffalo Wild Wings bone, bone, bone. You're going to go for the boneless <laughs> thugs and harmony story from Luke Burbank. Well, we spoke to somebody who is involved with the real story. Bone Thug and Harmony changed their names to Boneless Thugs and Harmony because our boneless wings are so good. That was Seth Freeman. 
He's the Chief Marketing Officer at Buffalo Wild Wings. Congratulations, Andrew. You got it right. You earned a point for Luke. You've won our prize, the voice of your choice in your voicemail. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks for playing. Watch out for the candidates. I'll see you at the crossroads, Andrew. Bye-bye. And now the game where we ask people we admire to do something they don't understand. It's called Not My Job. Will Arnett specializes in playing rather unpleasant people, but in a way that makes them adorable. He was Job on Arrested Development. He's the voice of Lego Batman, and he just finished the sixth and final season of playing the lead role on BoJack Horseman on Netflix. We hope he's actually pleasant in real life. Will Arnett, welcome to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. I, I, I cannot count all the things uh, that you've done that I've so much loved, uh, going back to 30 Rock and a lot of other things. But let me ask you, do you think that my characterization of your typical role was correct? You tend to play people who are not that pleasant. Well, yeah, you know, it's, it's a lot better than, than some people describe it as uh, that I play a-holes. And <laughs> I, I tend to see them as just broken people. I find characters who are A, quite stupid, and B, quite confident to be really funny to me. Um, <laughs> and then if they have some, and usually I like, to, I like to think that they have some underlying major sort of psychosis happening, something that's driving them to be this way. That's, that's how I kind of justify it. Right. So yeah, they're, they're mean and sometimes abusive to the people around them, but they're, they're hurting inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to hell with that. Anyway, they're just. <laughs> yeah, I, I once read that you didn't intend to end up in comedy as much as you have. That you were going to be a serious actor. Yeah, I. Uh, that was that was my hope um, that I would end up as a serious. I wanted people to take me really seriously, and anyway, that didn't happen. But and <laughs> still to this day. But you know, it's fine. Uh, I, <laughs> it's fine. I always, I also say that, like people say, did you do sketch or stand up? I said, no, no, no. I was too dumb to think of that as an option. I, I didn't even. I was like, oh yeah, I should have done sketch. Yeah, you know? but now here you are, just very successful. You poor guy. Yeah. You just finished uh, season six of BoJack, which is about a washed-up Hollywood actor who's also a horse. <laughs> When you first got this script, were you at all, did you have to be convinced or did you love it right away? Um, you know, it was one of those, who, I remember uh, when I was first said to me, they didn't really say anything. Um, they just said, read this really funny script. And the first page, I remember thinking, what? <laughs> and, and then, but then it was so funny. You know, we, we, we made this, um, it, it was such a, it, it was undeniably funny and great. And of course, as you remember, that first season, especially the first episode, wasn't as heavy. But you could see that there were kind of undertones there of something else going on. This guy who had a lot of self-loathing, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is my kind of guy. And I just thought, yeah, this is terrific. Yeah, it's, it was really. And it, it's been quite a journey because this very broad comedy, as you say, ended up being this very dark and sometimes very serious and moving exploration of like this guy's serious problems. Yeah. Which is weird because he's still a horse. Yes. I always say, I always say it's for, considering that, it's, it, that, that he's a horse, it's one of the most human stories I've, <laughs> I've been a part of. It is, it is kind of weird. Are you going to miss Bojack now that you're done with him? Um, yes and no. Um, in that, 
uh, yes, it was a, it's been such a great thing to be a part of. No, in the sense that, uh, you know, it's quite heavy and kind of often quite depressing. Yes. <laughs> It, it I, is the most depressing cartoon ever made. I, that, it might well be. Well, you wanted people fact. to take you seriously. Yeah. yeah, I know. Well, I got it. And then, yeah, many times we'd finish recording, and I'd look through the across, you know, through the glass at Raphael Bob Blacksburg, and I'd say, "You are going to pay for all my therapy." <laughs> <laughs> This might be the show was your therapy. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I want to ask you about a couple more things. Uh, I've, I discovered just this week something that I should have figured out because I've seen them dozens and dozens of times. That I'm a tourist? Yeah. Yeah, no. no. Well, we did have that kind of strange connection. No, that you are the voice of GMC Trucks. Yes. And I don't think I recognized it because in those ads, you're so sincere about how great a truck it is. <laughs> when I would expect you to say something like $40,000 for a pickup? Come on! I mean, that's what I'd expect. Yeah. Peter, let me first of all say that they are great trucks. And I know... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they're professional grade. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. Hey, Will, this is Luke Burbank. I'm a huge fan. I'm just wondering, like, if I were to see you on the street, I would... I would have to really stifle the urge to come up and, and sort of like yell some Joe Bluth line at you. Is there is there a particular line from that show that you are okay with people saying to you uh, and one you like less? I just want to know what to do when I meet you. <laughs> <laughs> well, just first of all, I, I implore you not to frighten me. Um, <laughs> but I, I do get a lot of people coming up uh, and, and yelling things at me. Um, uh, I get people coming up and they'll say, come on, mm. of course. Um, I'll have people either ask me to do the chicken dance or do the chicken dance themselves on the yes. street. Um, I have people come up, up to me and look at me and kind of take a pause, look at me, and then just go, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I once read that actual magicians got mad at you for depicting a magician as such a doofus. <laughs> yeah, you know, I had heard we, uh, one time we worked with this uh with this magician who was helping us out, great guy, and he's and he was the one who alerted me to that. He said, "Yeah, a lot of the guys up at the at the Magic Castle, you know, they they're all kind of grumbling because you're making us look bad." Said, well, uh, you know, can't you use magic to get out of it? <laughs> <laughs> well, Will Arnett, it is an absolute joy to talk to you. We could do it all day, but we've asked you here to play a game. We're calling Bojack Meet Boat Jack. So. As we've established, you've played Bojack Horseman, which made us wonder, what do you know about boat jacks? That is, people named Jack who hang around boats. To answer two out of three questions about boat jacks, you'll win our prize for one of our listeners, Bill, who is Will Arnett playing for. Tom Marino of New York City. All right. Ready to do this? I sure am. Boy, that's a great announcer voice. I love the way Bill says that. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? good. I know. I like GMC trucks. Hey, uh, hey, 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 Bill, quit talking about the GMC. <laughs> You're going to edge me out of my gig. <laughs> All right. Here is your first question. Captain Jack Sparrow was the immensely popular hero of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, but Johnny Depp also played that character in another vehicle. What was it? A, in a direct-to-video spinoff called Captain Jack Will Get You High Tonight. <laughs> B, he replaced the animatronic Jack Sparrow in the actual Pirates of the Caribbean ride, holding perfectly still until the boat came by, and then he freaked out the riders. 
Or C, he appeared in commercials for the failed vegan dessert bars called Pirates of the Carib Eating. <laughs> How absurd. Okay, I'm going to say B. I mean, he didn't do it for very long, but I'm going to say B. You're right. That's what he did. You can find video. He did it back on 2017. There are Captain Jacks all over the ride, and at one point, one of them started waving and talking to the tourists, and it was, in fact, Johnny Depp. All right. Another famous boat jack is Sailor Jack. He is the cartoon mascot on boxes of Cracker Jack. But he hasn't only pushed that classic snack. He also once tried to get people to eat what? A, Crack Jack, a poorly thought-out version that was advertised as addictive as the real thing. <laughs> B, Cracker Jacked, a performance-enhancing version of the snack. Or C, Cracker Jackson Pollocks, which you eat after sprinkling them at random on the floor. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to say, uh, I'm going to have to say B again. B again. You're right. You're right. Cracker Jack wow. had caffeine, didn't do well. All right, last question. Maybe the most famous boat Jack was the character Jack Dawson, played by Leonardo DiCaprio in Titanic. Now, the cast of that movie endured a lot of hardships on the set, but maybe the worst was when what happened? A, as practice for a pivotal scene, DiCaprio insisted on painting every member of the crew like one of his, quote, French girls. <laughs> B, an extra trying to impress James Cameron actually drowned himself to show his commitment. Or C, the entire cast and crew was dosed with PCP, which somebody put into the chowder during a lunch on set, leading to, among many other things, a spontaneous conga line led down a hospital corridor by the cinematographer who was as high as a kite. You know what? I'm going to say C. You're right. You're right. That's exactly what happened. Three in a row, Will. That's very good. <laughs> to this day, nobody knows who spiked the chowder. But that is a true story. Wow, what a, that's crazy. Bill, how did Will Arnett do in our quiz? He scored the trifecta. Congratulations, Will. Will Arnett is BoJack Horseman on Netflix's BoJack Horseman. The final season is out now on Netflix. Will Arnett, thank you so much for joining us. An absolute joy to talk to you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Will. See you. In just a minute, Bill rides a bucking bronco in our listener limerick challenge. Call one triple eight wait wait to join us on the air. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait Wait Don't Tell Me from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Verbo. Finding the perfect vacation home for the whole family is hard. You start off looking for a beach house big enough for six and wind up watching videos of surfing dogs. Verbo does the hard work for you. Whatever your budget or whatever your family is looking for, a yard, a grill, even a pool, Verbo's got you covered. Download the Verbo app, that's V-R-B-O, to discover everything from condos and cabins to villas and castles. Let Verbo find a home that matches your family. A new reason to get up on Saturdays. Because now Up First gives you the biggest news of the day on Saturdays, too. NPR's morning news podcast expands to your weekend every Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern. I'm Scott Simon. And I'm Lulu Garcia-Navarro. Start your day informed six days a week now from NPR News. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is... 
Wait, wait, don't tell me. The NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Luke Burbank, Joel Kim Booster, and Roxanne Roberts. <laughs> and here again is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Sago. Thank you, Bill. In just a minute, Bill takes a stand and says, Ryan Spartacus. Will you be brave enough to join him in the Listener Limerick Challenge? If you'd like to play, give us a call at one wait wait That's 1-888-924-8924. Right now, panel, some more questions for you from the week's news. Joel, according to the New York Times, the latest beauty trend is getting your watch smoosed, smashed, and manipulated. Your butt? No, that was last year's trend. <laughs> uh, can I get a quadrant? <laughs> Uppermost. Your nose. Wider. Your mouth. I'll give it to you. Your whole face. Oh. Yes, that's all we wanted. Quadrant, you said. Yeah, quadrant. Oh, got it, got it, got it. If you hate how relaxing traditional facials are and wish they felt more like someone kneading your face like bread dough, then sign up for a sculptural facelift. To start, an esthetician jams their thumbs into your mouth. This is true. And then forcefully... Some people pay extra for that. Yes, yeah. well. Well, that's also a really good way to get corona, by the way. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> what they do is they, they then sort of distort and stretch your face with their hands in all these directions. Think of it as like one of those extreme home makeovers, but this time the drywall they're smashing is your septum. <laughs> the time says that the face smooshing makes your face look, quote, imperceptibly more attractive, unquote. Oh. Which means you can look forward to compliments like, oh, did you get your hair cut or something? Because you look imperceptibly more attractive. <laughs> Luke, if you work in an office, you'll know you'll do anything to make it more exciting. Steal pens, eat free old crackers. Well, done a it. new study shows that one in three people have done what to jazz up their work day? Taken drugs. No. <laughs> Sure, it's more than one in three. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, uh, can I get a hint? Uh, this is called the Jim and Pam effect. Uh, developed a crush, pursued a relationship, looked into the camera when someone said something awkward. <laughs> you got a number two, had an office romance. Yeah. One in three people, apparently, have had a relationship with a coworker, which means if you get four of your coworkers in a room, one person will admit to it, and another one will look anywhere but at anyone's face. <laughs> this feels like a high number, considering how unromantic most workplaces are. Oh, hello, is that a lean cuisine you're heating up? <laughs> that sounds low to me, honestly. Because, like, where are you going to meet somebody, and you work, you know, you work together, you see them a lot, I, I would assume that, that it would be like 90%. <laughs> I also used to work at the Bunny Ranch in Peru, yeah, Nevada. <laughs> so maybe my sense yeah. is skewed. You didn't really work at the Bunny Ranch, did you? Roxanne? <laughs> We've known each other for so many years and you don't know this part of my life? That's I don't true. think I do. Yeah, I and was it, the least successful bunny they had. <laughs> Joel, a zoo in Sydney, Australia, arranged for one of its baboons to get a vasectomy. But when he got to the hospital, the, balloon, the baboon did what? He escaped with two wives. You're right! He grabbed two female baboons and made a break yeah. for it. Talk about a workplace romance. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Boom. Uh, there's one thing I keep an eye on. It's baboon activity in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> 
According to the vets, the female monkeys who aided in the breakout were the baboon's two wives, so the whole thing was caught on security camera. It's shocking to see. Not the escape, just a functional poly relationship. <laughs> oh. Ethically non-monogamous is what we call it these days. Local Peter. zookeepers managed to find the thruple after only a few hours, and the baboon is now back in the hospital awaiting his rescheduled vasectomy. Damn it! His monkey wives, meanwhile, have formed an inseparable bond, which frankly makes the male baboon a little uneasy. <laughs> are, you guys, are you guys talking about me? <laughs> Coming up, it's lightning fell in the blank, but first it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you'd like to play on air, call or leave a message at one triple eight. Wait, wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four, or click the contact us link on our website, waitwait.npr.org. There you can find out about attending our weekly live shows here at the Chase Bank Auditorium in Chicago, and our first ever show in Buffalo, New York, on April thirtieth at Shea's Performing Arts Center. And if you want more Wait, Wait in your week, check out the Wait, Wait quiz for your smart speaker. It's out every Wednesday with me and Bill asking you questions all in the comfort of your home or wherever you have your smart speaker. It's just like this radio show, only now you have to work for it. <laughs> Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, this is Courtney Ray calling from Berkeley, California. Oh, how are things in beautiful Berkeley? Nice and sunny. I'm glad to hear it. Do you, are you at the university there? I am, yeah. Oh, what do you do there? I study how plants interact. Don't they, don't they just sort of sit there and look at each other? <laughs> um, sometimes they can be competitive and sometimes they can help each other out. How do, how do plants compete? Um, they might take up all the resources or shade each other out or just not let seeds germinate. Would no. you consider naming the most competitive plant the Roxanne Roberts? <laughs> <laughs> I have to. You should. Well, Courtney, welcome to the show. Bill Curtis is going to read you three news-related limericks with a last word or phrase missing from each. If you can fill in that last word or phrase correctly in two of the limericks, you'll be a winner. You ready to go? Yeah. All right. Here is your first limerick. As goalie, I'm not a sham phony. That ice-cleaning truck there can't own me. The rink looked okay, so I went in to play. Though most days, I drive the... Zamboni. Zamboni, yes! When both goalies for the Carolina Hurricanes hockey team were injured this week right before a game, somebody yelled, is there a doctor in the house? And when nobody said anything, they yelled, okay, is there another goalie in the house? And the Zamboni driver said, right here. He threw on a jersey with his name glued on the back, got out there and ended up winning the game for the Hurricanes. Of course he did well, though. Have you ever tried to shoot a hockey puck through a Zamboni machine? <laughs> Shouldn't have even been legal. I'm really sir. I heard There's it. nothing in the rule book that says a Zamboni can't play hockey. <laughs> so anyway, for his efforts, uh, David Ayers got $500, his game-worn shirt, and a severe concussion he'll treasure for the rest of his days. <laughs> Here's your next limerick. With no Bumgarner name, they won't know me. No. And this wide brim won't let my face show below. When I don't have to pitch, for calf roping, I itch. In my spare time, I ride in a... Rodeo? Yes, rodeo. rodeo. Very good. All-star pitcher Madison Bumgarner got in some trouble this week when The Athletic reported that he moonlighted as a professional rodeo cattle roper 
under the name Mason Saunders. Mm. Now, professional baseball players are not allowed to do anything even remotely dangerous. Even using a remote is too much. <laughs> but Bumgarner says the rodeo was necessary preparation for when he needs to lasso all the Astros hitters and then drive them to the slaughterhouse. Ooh. <laughs> he made $26,000, Madison Bumgarner did, riding rodeo yes. under an assumed name. It's crazy. He's the Madison Baumgartner of Rodeo. What was the name that he used? He used the name Mason Saunders. Wow. It's shocking he found an even gayer porn sounding name <laughs> to do the Rodeo. I suppose, I suppose if he had a cowboy hat on and people occasionally might say, you know, you look like that picture guy. Gay porn guy. star, yeah. And, he's, and he would say, yeah, I get that a lot. Well, there's no word yet and if he will receive any disciplinary action. However, when asked for comment, professional skydiver Badison Gumbarner said, <laughs> that guy seems like a really cool dude, and he shouldn't get in trouble. <laughs> Here is your last limerick, Courtney. For McDonald's, I burn with hot fervor. Six candles make one divine merger. Some pickles, some cheese, and extra beef, please. Together, they smell like one... Burger? Burger, yes, very good. Okay. Move over, Yankee Candles. There's a new bad smell in town. McDonald's has released a set of six candles that when burned together, smell like a quarter pounder with cheese that is on fire. <laughs> it's a great way to cover up a fart. You just make your house smell like six farts. <laughs> you know where they could use those candles? The McDonald's bathroom. It's, it's true. <laughs> Not great. Each candle in the set emits a different scent of the quarter pounder. Beef, bun, cheese, pickle, trans fat, acid reflux. <laughs> Onion is one of the isolated scents in the set, so when used alone, it's a great way to set the mood, if the mood is no sex tonight. <laughs> Bill, how did Courtney do on our quiz? Courtney, we thought nobody was gonna get these three, but with your soft little voice, you nailed <laughs> every one. Congratulations, Courtney. Well done. Thank you, Thank you so much for playing. Thank you. Bye-bye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Kay Buxbaum in support of the David Gilkey and Zabiula Tamana Memorial Fund, established to strengthen NPR's commitment to training and protecting journalists in high-risk environments. Now on to our final game, Lightning Fill-in-the-Blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill-in-the-blank questions as they can. Each correct answer is now worth two points. Bill, can you give us the scores? Joel and Luke each have three. Roxanne has two. All right, Roxanne, you're in second place. That means that you will go first. The clock will start when I begin your first question. Fill-in-the-blank, Roxanne. On Tuesday, President Trump called for Justices Sotomayor and Blank to recuse themselves from cases involving him. Ginsburg. Right. On Wednesday, Barack Obama called on networks in South Carolina to pull a misleading ad targeting Blank's presidential run. Joe Biden. Right. This week, an appeals court ruled the Trump administration could freeze funding for so-called blank cities. Sanctuary. Yes. This week, a private video of an NYPD police chief warning his officers against leaking information to the media blanked. Went viral. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was leaked. Yes, it was yeah, leaked to the yeah, media. According yeah. to a new government study, around 40% of adults in the U.S. are now blank. Obese. Yes, on Tuesday, the FCC reported that it had received over 1,000 complaints about blank's halftime show. Uh, Jennifer Lopez and Shakira. Right, at the Super Bowl. Despite giving a fake name during a traffic stop, a Texas woman with five outstanding warrants was still arrested because blank. 
Because she gave her real name? No, because the fake name she gave also had a warrant out for it. <laughs> when Shakira Strawn was pulled over for a routine traffic violation, she knew her five outstanding warrants would probably get her in trouble, so she thought quickly and gave the police a fake name. Unfortunately, that name also had a warrant on it. The odds for that seem pretty low, but it's her fault for saying that her name was the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> Bill, how did Roxanne do in our quiz? Six right, 12 more points, total of 14. Comfortable lead. All right, we flipped a coin. Joel has elected to go second. Here we go, fill in the blank. During his first official trip to the country, President Trump failed to secure a new trade deal with blank. China. No, India this time. After a week of volatility, the blank fell a historic 1,191 points on Thursday. Dow Jones. Yes, this week the FDA accused Jimmy Johns of serving vegetables linked to an outbreak of blank. E. coli. Right. The L.A. County Sheriff's Office is asking whoever stole the black Lincoln Navigator to please return the blank that was inside. The casket. Very good. The casket with a dead person inside. <laughs> on Tuesday, electronics giant blank revealed it had over $200 billion of cash on hand. Uh, uh, Apple. Yes. On Wednesday, tennis great Blank announced she oh. was retiring from the sport. Maria Shapovalova. Yes. This week, a bachelorette party <laughs> celebrating at a strip club in the UK ended abruptly when Blank. Uh, the stripper died. No. <laughs> Nothing that serious. The stripper's pole came loose, bonked the bride's grandmother in the head, and the stripper broke both his legs. Oh. While it's true most bachelorette parties would end the moment someone said, we can't go to the strip club without grandma. <laughs> <laughs> this one was actually going great before the stripper's pole ripped out of the ceiling, taking the stripper along with it. It bonked the bride's grandma on the head before landing on the stripper's legs. Thankfully, everyone is fine because for some reason, the strip club was filled with a bunch of super buff police officers. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, I think Joel did really well. What do you he think? He did very well. Uh, five right, 10 more points, 13, you're one short. Oh, so how many then does Luke need to take six, it away from Roxanne? Six to win. Okay, Luke, this is for the game. Fill in the blank. On Monday, a jury found disgraced producer Blank guilty of two of the five charges he was charged with. Harvey Weinstein. Yes. On Tuesday, Bob Iger announced he was immediately stepping down as CEO of Blank. Disney. Right. This week, the Trump campaign announced it was filing a libel suit against the Blank over an opinion piece connecting the campaign with Russia. New York Times. Yes. During an event in Scotland this week, Prince Harry told everyone to call him Blank from now on. Cool Rick. No. <laughs> Just Harry, not Prince Harry. This week, Heathrow Airport in London vowed to become a zero carbon emission airport with the exception of blank. The Bangers and Mash restaurant. No, with the exception of the emissions from airplanes. <laughs> On Wednesday, scientists announced they had discovered a new mini blank orbiting the Earth. Moon. Yes, mini moon. Multiple NFL reporters say it's unlikely Blank returns as quarterback to the New England Patriots. Tom Brady. Yes, a woman in Massachusetts said she had the worst first date ever when she picked a man up at his parents' house and then blanked. Realized it was also her parents' house. <laughs> that would be a terrible date. But in fact, what happened to this woman is that she was tricked into being her date's getaway driver after he robbed a bank. Ah. As if picking up the man at his parents wasn't enough of a red flag. On the way to dinner, he asked her to stop by a bank and then a few minutes later ran back into the car with $1,000 of stolen cash and told her to step on it. The woman admits she should have expected this. They originally matched on Tinder because they shared similar interests. Fine dining, long walks on the beach, and waving a gun in the air while shouting, everyone get on the ground now! <laughs> Bill did 
Luke do well enough to win? Well, he did well. He got five right, ten more points, total of 13. But that means Rux is this week's winner. There you are, Roxanne. You saw it love a comeback story. In just a minute, we'll ask our panelists to predict, after the new Golden Years edition of The Bachelor, what will be the next show to get a senior version. Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago in association with Urgent Haircut Productions' Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord. Philip Godica writes our limericks. Our public address announcer is Paul Friedman. Our house manager is Gianna Capadona. Our intern is Emma Day. Our web guru is Beth Novi. B.J. Lederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Miles Dernboss, and Lillian King. Technical directions from Lorna White. Special thanks this week to Gary Yak. Our business and ops manager is Colin Miller. Our coronavirus czar is Peter Gwynn. Our production manager is Robert Newhouse. Our senior producer is Ian Big Daddy Chillog. And the executive producer of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is Michael You Can Hold It Danforth. Now, panel, what will be the next show for seniors? Joel Kim Booster. RuPaul's Drag Race for seniors. Sissy That Walker. <laughs> Roxanne Roberts. Senior Jeopardy, where the categories always include when I was your age, kids these days, and the value of a dollar. <laughs> and Luke Burbank. American Ninja Warrior, Seniors Edition. The obstacle course is just trying to properly use emojis on an iPhone. Well, if we see any of these shows, we'll ask you about it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you, Bill Curtis. Thanks also to Roxanne Roberts, Luke Burbank, and Joel Kim Booster. Thanks to all of you for listening. We're so grateful. I'm Peter Sagal. We'll see you next week. This is NPR.